0: And I am a strong believer that when you actually take time for yourself, it is a selfless act because you not only help to replenish your energy levels, reset, you know, support your own health and notice what you need. But then that puts you in a better position to be at your best for others around you as well. So it creates a positive ripple effect, you know.
1: The Rustic Affair Podcast, a show that helps to inspire and empower listeners to become the best version of themselves by bring you engaging guest speakers who share their powerful stories of transformation and change. My name is Kristen Nicholson. I'm a teacher, conference host, and women's empowerment entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. I'm excited to share the story of my special guest speaker today, Tanya Diggerby. Join us as we celebrate World Kindness Day. Tanya is an entrepreneur and international mental health and well-being speaker and founder and director of Calmer. Tanya is a leading expert in the field of burnout prevention so listen to this episode to find out more. Hello welcome Tanya how are you today? I'm good thank you Krista how are you? Excellent thank you thank you for
0: joining me for today. Oh it's an absolute pleasure thank you for inviting me. You bet. So, tell me a little bit more about what you do, Tanya. So, I'm the founder of Karma, we're a UK-based uh, global training organisation. So, we we work with clients all over the world, but we're, but we're based in the UK, and um, we're a mental health and well-being training organisation that empowers entrepreneurs, freelancers, and business teams to nurture good mental health and well-being. So, we do this primarily through workplace training courses, events digital courses as well. And we're essentially a prevention based company. So we don't necessarily position ourselves as clinical or medical based. So we we signpost people if they need that kind of mental health support, um, if they're struggling, but we help people to prevent things from escalating and getting to that place of burnout and, and issues with mental health. So that's what we do.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Well, that's a perfect fit for my podcast because I know one of the things that I'm looking into is very much about that positive mental health. And Mm. of course, that work life balance. I mean, that's very essential. So what are some steps would you suggest then for nurturing your good health and well being?
0: Well, I mean, that's a great question. There's lots of things that you can do because we're all unique individuals. So different things work for different people. But I think just starting off with that term good mental health is important to unpack just the fact that we tend to still hear nowadays a lot more around mental health struggles and issues. even though we've got so much more awareness than there's ever been before, uh, but there's still a lack of conversation around positive mental health, good mental health, nurturing and supporting your mental well-being. Um, because of course it's important to know what to do if you're struggling, if you need that support, to know what the signs and symptoms are, etc. You know we educate on that, but it needs to be counterbalanced with this idea of understanding what it means to nurture and look after your mental health. So I'm glad that you've asked that question, and and that's a big part of what we position, um, you know, our training around is actually getting people to. Feel focus on that kind of language and conversation so really it's about as a starting point deepening and heightening your sense of self-awareness you know and understanding what your sense of norm feels like because uh, that's different for everyone oh, um, and yeah yeah like understanding what makes you feel at peace what gives you a sense of balance and centeredness and then what that feels like in your body and then when you start to feel like things are a bit off kilter and you're feeling stressed you can start to compare that to what you know feels like your foundation you know um, your your sense of norms so um really different things work for different people it's about understanding what helps you to feel centered whether it's you know activities that you enjoy doing whether it's people you spend time with um you know whether it's passion projects you're involved in whether it's just being we don't have to be doing all the time right
1: (laughs) yes yeah well and i definitely think lots of times people just get that caught up in that trap of being busy And I mean, I'm guilty of that, too. I know definitely just, you know, okay, next, you know, what's the next thing that I'm going to be working on, et cetera. So definitely there is um, it's easy to get so caught up in that busyness that definitely it's it's difficult. So then talk to me a little bit about what are some of. I know you talk about, you know, prevention of really looking at yourself as a prevention company and preventing burnout and all of those kind of things. What are some of the different stages of burnout for people and some maybe tips that you might have for recovery for that? Because I know sometimes it's hard to recognize some of those stages of burnout
0: yeah absolutely and and i'm glad you've asked that so i mean burnout can be a really really challenging place to be in and for some people it can take weeks if not months to recover so it is important to understand you know what those signs and symptoms are and also just want to comment on what you said before that you know getting caught up with the busyness of life. I think we can all do that from time to time. So really, like I said about, you know, heightening our sense of self-awareness, becoming more aware and being present in the moment helps us to notice when we're doing that and what we might need to shift gears. So in terms of the different signs of burnout, We've actually written a, a blog, it's actually our highest performing blog on our website, um, around the five stages of burnout, which was inspired by Winona State University's burnout study, as well as our own psychological research. And We've got a podcast wow. episode of this too. Yeah, it was really fascinating to delve into. Um, so there are five key areas that we've identified um, as looking at sort of signs and symptoms to be aware of that can escalate into burnout so the first stage we call the honeymoon phase <laughs> so this is this is really when you know we undertake a new task um we experience you know say a big anticipation excitement or high job satisfaction in a new area um typically true of a new role right or a new sort of project let's say and so this first phase is where you might have a certain amount of predicted stresses that take place um where you might you know be so committed to you know the job at hand that you're experiencing a lot of satisfaction but you're also quite nervous um you've got sort of a lot of creativity and optimism but you're also navigating you know maybe some feelings of anxiety or you know like I say nervousness around the role mm-hmm. but it's primarily feeling that anticipation and then the second stage is the onset of stress so this really begins with a, an awareness that someday days might start to feel more difficult than others. So your kind of optimism may be waning a little bit at this point, point. Um, and symptoms that you might notice tend to be, you know, whether it's a slightly heightened level of anxiety, or you might be feeling a bit more fatigued, um, you might be ex- noticing like you're having headaches, or you're struggling to focus as you usually would. Your sleep might be affected as well if you've got a lot of worrying thoughts going through your mind, and that might be quite difficult to you might now start to notice some physical tension in the body. Um, And this is where that buildup of stress can start to escalate. Now, I just want to make a comment here that we're not designed to be stressed out human beings. (laughs) That's not what we're (laughs) designed for. (laughs) And it really does worry me when I hear people say things like, oh, yeah, I'm really stressed, but, you know, everyone's stressed or, you know, everyone I work with is stressed. So that's just how it is, you know, it's like. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's just it. I was going to say it's just become normalized that everybody's like, oh, it's it's like being busy. Everybody's it's okay. I'm busy. Yep uh being stressed is normal yeah exactly
0: and of course like you know experiencing stress is a part of being human so everyone experiences it but like ongoing high levels of stress it's not it's not normal for us in that sense and we will it will end up developing into some sort of health issue and some sort of you know um struggle so we do need to learn how to come in and out of stress you know and and have them as ebbs and flows really need to manage it so so that brings me on to the third point so this is where it could develop into chronic stress if not managed so yes noticing stress symptoms and signs that's normal and it's it's about giving ourselves a permission to take a step back to actually create the space to know what we need to do to down regulate those stress responses in the body and in the mind. So when we manage it that's one thing but if not managed then the third stage is chronic stress. So this is where you notice a marked change in your stress levels. So not just about you know you're experiencing motivation and all those things in your role or project or whatever it is but you could be experiencing some really intense symptoms associated with heightened levels of stress. So this can come out in different ways in terms of you know aggression or like behavioral issues frustration you know more reactive rather than responsive to situations you don't necessarily feel like your usual sense of self um you could notice even apathy like the opposite you're just really exhausted and you know you notice that you're uh you know not really as motivated um, you could notice sort of escapism sort of behavior as well. Um, you could be noticing that you're actually starting to miss deadlines or not able to concentrate as much as you usually would. You're noticing more um, physical issues cropping mm-hmm. up in intention. Um Also substance misuse can be a commonality for some people, you know, like overconsumption of drink or, you know, uh, like alcohol, for example, or high sugar intake and addic- addictive behavior that starts to develop as a coping mechanism. Um, and if this doesn't get tended to, and this keeps escalating, you'll notice fluctuations in anxiety levels and mood fluctuations. And this is where it can lead to burnout, where it's more critical. So you feel extremely. Uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted, like a car running with no fuel. It's just nothing Mm -hmm. left to get. Um, And you'll notice really marked changes in behavior. Your headaches might be chronic. You notice chronic fatigue. Um, You neglect sort of your personal needs and everything is just focused on kind of like that one area, perhaps. Um, You notice perhaps self-doubt is kicking in um, and a feeling of almost numbness and difficulty in articulating how you feel. sort of again that escapism um, Mm -hmm. mentality might be escalated as well Um, and then if this escalates even further um, you know if if you're really just trying to keep going beyond that which is very difficult when it's got to that stage this can turn into habitual burnout so that's the final stage where the symptoms of burnout are so embedded in your life that you're more likely to experience significant ongoing mental physical or emotional issues so it could be chronic sadness or even depression um, fatigue etc so the good news is <laughs> I want to share after, after the next <laughs> thing, also, it's five points, um, the human brain is designed for change. It's very adaptable. So even if you're feeling in the darkest place and it's really difficult to get out of there is always hope and there's a we're living in the best time that there's ever been for mental health and well being support in many parts of the world at least um so you know and, and even just having access to the internet you know you can find so many resources or helplines or even therapists that you can tap into now and you know whatever you find that you need for yourself but even mm-hmm. just that, that first step of speaking to someone you know it's amazing what that can change
1: absolutely just being able to connect with somebody about it mm-hmm. right Well, and lots of times I think it really comes down to, two with us recognizing, looking at that prioritizing and not being able to prioritize ourselves because you're so hyper focused, as you had mentioned, so Mm -hmm. hyper focused on what the thing is that you're trying to manage and all of that. Um, Why do you think we have trouble prioritizing ourselves?
0: Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I think we're, we're living in an interesting time, aren't we? Not only I think you know whether you count yourself as a natural caregiver and you just put people before yourselves and that feels natural to you. But also you know we're living in the age of digital technology advancements at an incredible rate, they continuing to advance and you know how we communicate, how we. Um, you know, connect with people, it's it's advancing all the time. And there are so many more modes of communication nowadays. How we work has changed dramatically. Look at you and I, we're doing a podcast. We're on different parts of the world. And absolutely, yes, <laughs> and- <laughs> that's just it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so the world is becoming a much smaller place and we can feel like our responsibilities are growing at a rapid pace as well, because there's so many opportunities that there weren't before, right? And so we can fall into this pattern of prioritizing lots of other things that need our attention or people or projects and you know look at people struggling with working round the clock because you can technically you know we're 24 7 digitally switched on that's the world that we're living in and that's kind of bred this ever on culture of work you know even back in the day that it used to just be nine to five before we sort of had these advancements in digital technology but now you know people feel this need to you know to work consistently or to show that they can work and that they're working really hard but then they could be burning themselves out and um, so there's just my point here is that there's so much coming at us so much of the time it's actually a lot for the brain to absorb so actually we're trying to do too much perhaps you know with with all the opportunities Mm -hmm. that there are um and depending on your work you know commitments or say if you work in an organization what kind of culture that is or what kind of you know um role modeling there is really around self-care and prioritizing your time as well as work and there's so many factors at play here so because you know we have all these different modes of communication and so many things that we can be doing all the time um, coming at us a lot of the time and emails being so reactive and social media platforms and apps etc you know we do need to put into place ourselves you know we need to take the responsibility to put in those healthy boundaries which is not easy but we need to look at what the alternative is you know if if i don't put this time for myself if i don't prioritize my own well-being if i don't prioritize self-care what does that look like Am I just going to be working myself to the bone? Am I going to never be taking a break? Am I going to be lacking sleep? Like what, what does that look like? You know, actually really Mm -hmm. assess and be mindful and grow in that awareness around what that actually means. Um, And I am a strong believer that when you actually take time for yourself, it is a selfless act because you not only help to replenish your energy levels, reset, you know, support your own health and notice what you need. But then that puts you in a better position to be at your best for others around you as well. So it creates a positive ripple effect, you know,
1: absolutely creating that healthy life balance.
0: Mm. Absolutely. So
1: important. So important for sure. Well, what are some steps do you think a person would take as far as that healthy life balance? So we've talked a little bit about burnout now kind of shifting at, okay, so what are now some steps then we can do to create that healthy life balance? Mm.
0: Well um first of all I just want to introduce another idea for that because I think work life balance has been used for so long and um a term that we like to use is work life alignment um because when you think about it when if we think of work life balance it can be interpreted as you've got work on one hand and then you've got the whole rest of your life on another. And there's this Mm -hmm. kind of struggle, you know, and, and strain for a balance between the two. When actually we're a lot more complex than that as human beings. And, you know, if we think about the way that the world has evolved, as I was just explaining before, as just a few examples, our lives do blend and mesh and align a lot more than ever before. And so, so many factors of our lives that are important are kind of blending into this pool (laughs) of you know, kind Mm -hmm. of alignment with one another. So if we look at how things blend and mesh, rather than thinking of it as I have to get a balance between my work and everything else, that can put quite a lot of pressure on us. But of course we've been conditioned to think of it as work-life balance over many years, but that's just a concept I wanted to introduce. We've also written about that on our blog as well. Um, So if if we look at it from that perspective, That can be a helpful way um, to observe this as an idea that, you know, I'm going to sort of blend things I'm going to mesh things and I'm going to look at how they align. Um, And it really is not necessarily looking at it as right. I have to do everything like this specific time same time each day and this is my routine in order to achieve more balance and alignment in my life because life doesn't really work like that right you know we've got a lot of responsibilities we have things that crop up out of nowhere Uh, the pandemic is a good example of something that can just happen without anyone expecting it to be on that level you know and um, and the impact um, as a result so it's really looking at cultivating small steps and healthy habits that you can introduce as a practice into your life on an ongoing basis so rather than putting pressure on yourself and saying you know i'm going to you know wake up at this time each day and i'm going to do this routine and i'm going to practice this and then i'm going to get on with work and then i'm going to make sure i have a break at this time you know we can end up putting a lot of pressure on ourselves
1: absolutely
0: so, yeah so you know just just giving yourself that permission to, to to have a little assessment of your week like what does a typical week look like for you review that Notice where there might be imbalances within that week. You know, noticing that maybe, you know, each week is different, but this is just as an example. And then, uh, you know, talk to yourself about, well, what would I like to make time for? And if I were to make time for that, what would that mean in terms of these commitments? Where could I cut back on certain things? Where can I learn to say no? Am I just simply saying yes, way too much? And then I'm, I'm overburdening myself with all of these things when actually I could have said no to certain things with respect, with kindness, you know. Um, so so having a greater sense of awareness of where you want to create more space, more time for things you enjoy, for people you love, for other things that make you who you are, you know, because our work isn't the total sum of who we are. We're very complex human beings and we do need to nurture those other parts of our lives um, because that can often be what links to the extremity of burnout for many people because they feel such an extreme imbalance in their lives You know, mm-hmm.
1: I love the concept of alignment that everything's you know looking at it from uh, overall picture and mm-hmm. the idea is like is this where I want to be is this where I want to be going with that whole mm-hmm. idea of alignment that's a great idea
0: oh thank you well you know i didn't come up with it it's been talked about for quite a while by different like sort of leading industry experts but it's something that i really resonate with and i'm not saying it's wrong to say work-life balance i'm not saying it's wrong but it's just i think it's interesting to see how it could evolve you know given the context of the world we're living in now
1: Absolutely. And just, just the whole concept of that idea with the alignment for sure. So talk to me a little bit about, I'm curious, what are some of your thoughts around the importance of creating happiness for ourselves and really looking at how can we do that, creating that happiness? So we've talked about, we've talked about burnout we've talked about, or burnout, sorry, we've talked Mm -hmm. about alignment. So how now can we go forward and then moving to creating happiness for ourselves? What are some Mm -hmm. ways that you could suggest we could do that? So
0: one way you could start is by re- taking time to reflect. I think that's the first step. It's giving yourself the space to actually take a bit of time to consider what makes you happy. You know, I think we all deserve that, you know, to, to put that time aside for ourselves. And um, if you struggle to feel like that's even difficult to do, you know, whether you're just you know, a really busy individual or you've got, you know, children or there's other commitments that you have, just look again, look at where in the day you can just create 10, 15 minutes, even more if possible, whether it's waking up a bit earlier or going to bed a bit later, but then obviously balancing out the sleep time to make sure you're still getting the right amount of sleep for you. Um, Or just during, you know, things that you do in the day that's habitual, like boiling the kettle or, you know, going for walking the dog or whatever, just having time to think or write things down. So I would suggest, you know, writing down, having a chance to reflect on, you know, what actually has made you happy in your life. So when you look back in the past, what things did you used to do, what activities did you used to do, um, what did you used to engage in that that created a lot of happiness for you, you know, was it certain exercises, was it certain activities, uh, was it hobbies or talents that you used to love doing and have you nurtured that or is that still a presence in your life, if not, how could you maybe reintroduce some of those things um, because it's amazing how many things actually spark from when we're a child to, you know, to when we're an adult and so actually looking back to when we were children in those early years can be very informative as to what can help feed our happiness nowadays as well Um, because those early years are really important you know in our development Um, so being aware of that um, you know writing down a list i'm a big fan of lists (laughs) there's something very cathartic in just writing anyway because it gets everything that's kind of in your mind and going on in your body onto paper it's something tangible that's in front of you that you almost don't really have to just have existing in your body and bouncing around everywhere it's like oh okay this is here now i can look at it and i've got a bit of distance i can see it in front of me so from a psychological perspective it can help you know with creating that that sort of separation a bit away from it and any you know like goings on around that um so then when you look at it in front of you just just write down as many things you can think of that bring you joy like you know what What in the past has brought you joy? What have you done recently? Um, And never underestimate the small things, you know, as well as the big things too. If you're really struggling, ask someone in your life that's close to you, you know, what have you noticed that I've really enjoyed doing in my life? Or, you know, what was a really important hobby that I've just lost sight of? You Mm -hmm. know, so it's amazing how tapping into our support network can help as well.
1: Absolutely. Now, I had a friend recently who created like this list of, 40 different things that she wanted to do before her 40th birthday and really looked at from there. um, She did all these wonderful things 40 before 40. And then she really went into the creating joy and created countless lists of things that created joy and just simple things. And I think that's really, um, I think that's really people overthink it too much about the things that create joy, you know, like a a great cup of coffee. That's something that's, you know, those things that are definitely very easy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, go, go No, nope, <laughs> no, you go ahead. But no, but you're so right. It's really in the small things at times, but also, um, it just got me thinking about that that idea of you know writing 40 things before 40. And I also know a few people have done that, you know, sort of for milestone birthdays, like created a list. But also for very visual people or people who like to get creative and maybe haven't tapped into their creativity as much for a while, could create a vision board, you know, and and get pictures and cut out images from like magazines or postcards or things that you notice. And then create pictures of what is important to you or what you'd like to achieve or what you'd like to do on a board. And then you see that each day and that becomes part of your peripheral. And it's it's amazing how that can seep into or turn into action, you know, over time. So that could also be helpful.
1: Mm mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, a little bit about a question that I had is around becoming the best version of yourself. And that's really around what my podcast features is talking about. How can you become the best version of you? And what are some suggestions that you might have to help a person become the best version of themselves? Mm, that's a lovely question.
0: Um, and I love the ethos of your podcast, by the way. <laughs> I just have to say that. it's, it's really oh, Thank wonderful. you. Um, So to be the best version of you, I think it really starts with being authentic and true to yourself, like being aware of any habits that you may have that might be trying to live up to others' expectations or what you perceive to be others' expectations of you, because it might also just be a a perceived idea, it might not be true, you just never know until you really dig into it. you know the idea of authenticity is really important like what what feels authentic to you in terms of you know feeling at your best um again, I can't advocate enough for you know writing things down for having time for clarity for speaking to someone about it that you trust as well and bouncing ideas around and just talking about what helps you to feel your best but also i'm a, I'm also an advocate of meditation and you know breathing techniques there's there's a lot of scientific evidence behind this and how it it not only helps improve you know your respiratory system it helps your focus it reduces stress and improves your um, calms down your nervous system but it's also helping to create that space and calm and quiet in your mind where we've got very busy minds a lot of the time so sometimes it's just too noisy in there you know we need to find a bit of space we need to find a bit of quiet for answers to actually arrive so to get yourself into a state first and foremost To really access what that authenticity means for you is really important rather than just rushing it between a few tasks and be like, right, I've got to, I've got to think about, you know, like, what what is the best version for me? It's like, try not to look at it as something that you're just fitting in, like really make the time for it um, where it makes sense for you, you know, get quiet, get centered and do what helps you, you know, to feel centered. Um, and whether it's speaking to someone or writing things down, um, those are two modes that are very powerful. Um, but really consider what, what feels authentic to you, I would say. Um, I feel we all truly know that in our hearts and in our minds, but a lot of things can get in the way. And like I say, we have very busy minds, so it's really getting into a state and a space where you can honor that, you know, and really listen, really, really listen to to what, what it really is saying in your heart.
1: If you could give advice to like three tips on how to nurture your good health and well being, what would they be? Mm, three tips.
0: I would say yeah creating space is the first (laughs) it's um you know and whether that's a little micro break a little teeny space in your day but just to breathe because like yes we breathe every day but how we breathe makes a big difference in terms of how we feel and it can actually help our overall state of health and well-being to breathe deeply and consciously absolutely yeah, so breathe. <laughs> That's my first, my first thing. Um I mean, actually, there's a mantra we have at Karma. It's called Stop, Breathe, and Trust. So I'm gonna go with that. So so the first thing is that stop, you know, give yourself permission to take a bit of space. Um, breathe deeply, you know, support your mental and physical health because they're both interlinked. You know, this is one entity when you think about it as, as a human being. Our mind and our body is connected. So stop, you know, give yourself the time. Breathe deeply, create the space in a bit of quiet, um, and then you know trust is that final element of trusting in yourself, in what you need at that time. So that can be. I mean, I I often are, you know get my clients to to write a list of all the things that they can think of. That helps to reduce stress for them even from the smallest things like you said having a nice hot drink or you know going outside getting fresh air going for a walk being around their pets you know um doing a creative activity listening to music being with loved ones there's so many things but never underestimating the power in those activities because they link to an important part of who you are um and so having that awareness and going through that list and having that available to you that you can use as a prompt anytime really important so that trust element um can link to that you know so you trust in what you need at that time so you get Mm -hmm. quiet you focus on what it is that you need in that moment because things change from moment to moment and then choose to do something that's kind to yourself in that moment and you know you can use that list as a reference point to do something that helps you tap into a heightened state of of happiness and joy
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a very important part, that kindness to ourselves, not even necessarily kindness to others, but really showing that kindness towards ourselves is so important.
0: Absolutely. And then it also leads to kindness for others because you're in a better mental state, you know, to to be at your best for other people.
1: So, yeah, absolutely. And my final question is Rustic Affair stands for Authentic Empowerment. So tell me a little bit, um uh, uh, tell me a little bit about what does authentic empowerment mean to you?
0: Oh, authentic empowerment. I think it's um it's stepping into what you feel is true, being true to yourself, um, you know, making the conscious choice to empower yourself to do or be. Um what you feel like mirrors the really true nature of who you are because it's very easy to get swept away in all kinds of roles in life and not feel like you're actually really living your truth um, whether it's for a short period or a longer period in your life so um, you know that idea of stepping into your authenticity you know being true to yourself and empowering yourself to make even just one step forward that can help you on that path where you feel truly aligned with what's important to you.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. No, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Tanya. I uh, truly enjoyed our conversation.
0: Well, thank you, Krista. It's been a real joy and thank you for having me here.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it make sure to share it with your family and friends as well make sure to check out tanya diggory's website calmer which is included in the show notes the rustic affair podcast becoming the best version of you